Hello and a very warm welcome to the Proximo podcast. Proximo is a leading source of news and data for the project finance, energy and infrastructure space. My name is Thomas Hopkins and I'm a reporter on Proximo's editorial team. On today's episode, I am very pleased to be joined by Rainer Booker, an executive director at BCI, who will be discussing Chile's PMGD program for distributed energy generation. Rainer has 19 years of experience in investment banking in Latin America. His track record includes having worked at Citigroup Global Markets, West LB, and since 2011 with BCI Corporate and Project Finance. He has worked on numerous transactions, including financial advisory, M&A, bond placements, and local capital markets. For the past 15 years, his focus has been on structuring project and structured finance transactions in the power sector in Latin America with both local and global names. Rainer, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you, Thomas, for having me. Yes, I'm I'm sure this will be a really interesting discussion, and I'm very interested to listen to your experience of working with the PMGD project, particularly sort of in light of some of the changing regulations that we've seen sort of coming into effect quite recently. Um, But perhaps, Rainer, if I I start with a question just to sort of lead the audience into what the PMGD program is kind of all about, um, can I just ask, what was the original rationale behind setting up the PMGD program in 2005? Maybe we can we can bo- go back a little bit in history. The power sector law in Chile was enacted uh, early, very early in the 80s, and um, at that time in Chile, the players in the electricity market transmission were few and big. And um, what they tried to do, and and they didn't have in mind when the, they enacted that law, they drafted it. Um, they didn't have in mind that potentially there could be a large amount of smaller players. Definitely, there was no sense at that point in time of renewable energies. Uh, Chile was mainly coal, diesel, and uh, hydro, both uh, dam and runoff river. So they realized um, about 2005, 2006, that the law needed to be amended to incorporate those and and level the field for smaller generators. So they enacted what they called short law one. And they included the concepts in the law of uh, ERNC, PMGD, and PMG, which is small distributed generators and small uh, generators that inject directly in the transmission lines but uh, anyway below nine megawatts Um, so what the purpose of this amendment in in 2006 was to the 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 purpose of that of that was to facilitate uh, the connection and establish a regulatory framework for the connection and prices of injection both in the transmission lines or in the distribution lines and how these PMGDs would interact then with the distribution lines. As an effect of that, and and this is what really changed then in 2015 onwards when uh, with the boom of PMGDs, is that um, it created another bigger incentive, which is uh, to have a stabilized price throughout the day uh, and that gives certainty for the 
for the small developer in terms of uh, economic certainty and, and, and outcome of the endeavor. Thank you very much, Reiner. That's that's very interesting. I think that's certainly given listeners a really good background and history to the PMGD program. Obviously, you mentioned that there was a kind of stabilized price uh, that was sort of offered to developers or owners of these projects. And I'm just interested how that PMGD scheme offers revenue support or that or that stabilized price to distributed generation projects. How does the sort of revenue support mechanism kind of work? Mm-hmm. As opposed to you, you have um, in the in the system in Chile, you have um, what's called the, the wholesale market spot prices that are fixed uh, hourly or and, and determined by the by the commission, the central commission to to dispatch um, in order from most inexpensive sources of uh, generation to most expensive and the, the price is set then uh, where offer and demand intersect right that's the basic uh, rationale of the system and, and that price is the, the spot price obviously varies along along the day uh, depending on which technology is generated at that point in time there was um, since the inception of the electric uh, electricity law in 80, 1981, the concept of node price. And what it is, and this applies for the PMGDs and PMG, is that the node price is fixed every six months and uh, takes into consideration a projected uh, marginal price for the next 48 months. Um, that's the node price. The, the stabilized price uh, includes uh, some other things, um, but also fixes a band around it that varies depending on how this projection of the next 48 months is going to be, vis-a-vis the average of all con- contracted energy, both to regulated customers to, and to non-regulated customers. So what they do is that they, they, they average all, all that energy, which more or less represent 60% of the total energy is sold. And, they, and so they, they move the projected price, this, this node price, they move that so it is within this band calculated every six months. And that's the stabilized price. Um, as you can gather then, the price of energy and capacity is well known for that PMGD. And, and the, the original enactment, which is called DS244, has that uh, stabilized price 24 seven for this six months that, that that price is calculated. So it doesn't matter where you inject daytime, nighttime, at the peak hours in the evening, you will receive that same price. In, a, in addition to that, the, 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 the PMGD is not only about pricing, as I was mentioning. Um, it also simplifies um, the, the connection at nodes, substations, namely. Um, it also um, simplifies or, or makes to the developer makes it uh, cheaper to connect because now you don't have to build a transmission line to go to the next node. 
in the in the transmission line system you just connect to the distribution line which is running in front in front of the of of the piece of land the plot you have to pay obviously some enhancement to the distribution network to the distribution company but that's minor and it is proportional to the cost of a nine megawatt project right it's, it's not outrageous and also establishes um, certainty in timings and processes to get that interconnection namely once you got the approval from the distribution company it's called icc um, that icc will last a number of months extendable and once you declare that you are constructing actually the pmgd that icc will stand true for as long as it takes either you connect it or you declare that you are not longer under construction also uh, fixes the prices, as we said. And, um, and the side effect or, is that, at least th this is the reality for now, um, average of contracted prices is higher typically than the spot prices. So when you have to adhere to this band around the con contracted prices on average, you are effectively giving a better price to the PMGDs. That's, that's basically the, the four main um, benefits for uh, under this PMGD scheme. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Uh, that's, I think, a really, really helpful guide to um, how that PMGD scheme actually works in, in practice. I, I just wanted to ask as, a, as a, the next question, uh, just I know that I think originally PMGD was intended as something that was kind of technology neutral, but has the program in your experience been dominated by renewable sectors such as distributed solar? Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. If you see, if you see the numbers of, uh, of connected uh, different sources um, as of June, 2022, um, there is almost 1.8 gigawatts of, of PNGDs connected in, in the central system, the, the main system of Chile, out of which 9% is hydro, 3% um, is wind. There is a 16% which is thermal, namely diesel, and 72% which is solar. So then you can see it's mainly solar as of now. But um, there, there was a lot of in, in the beginnings, um, hydro were the only technology prior to 20, 2010, 2015. Um, solar was very expensive. Uh, wind is hard to, hard to build and, and uh, not as easy to operate as it seems. And uh, there, was, there was also a lot of uh, diesel, diesel installed capacity. That's for picking purposes. Um, so, and, and when you see reports of monthly new um, additions to the PMGD system, you will see that uh, actually is solar mainly and, and a fraction of, uh, of diesel as well. So it's, it's not completely forgotten the, 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 the thermal capacity added to the PMGD system. It's not only uh, renewables. Yeah, of course. No, thank you. It's useful to know what that kind of makeup of uh, the different sectors or projects within the PMGD mm -hmm. scheme is. 
Uh, Randy, you, you touched on this uh, a little bit earlier, um, but I'd be quite interested to sort of return to the point a little bit more and sort of expand on it perhaps, just in terms of thinking about the advantages of distributed solar. Uh, does distributed solar have particular advantages just in and of itself? And then more particularly, do you think that distributed solar has kind of unique benefits for Chile? Because obviously uh, PMGD is, is definitely, obviously, you know, um, designed to aid distributed solar development in Chile. Yeah, it, it obviously uh, it's uh, well known by now that Chile has a very good uh, resource in terms of solar radiation. And also it's not high, just high, it's also stable. And uh, by stable, I mean that the cloudy and, and, forecast, and, and forecasted days are not um, very common, especially up in the desert, in the northern part of Chile. Although uh, the main proportion of PMGDs are installed between the fifth and the eighth region, including those that's where 70% of, of the PMTDs are in, being installed nowadays. So uh, in addition to that, being a, Chile having that, that resource, um, the other benefits in particular to solar PMTDs is that they have a very low cost of operation. It's almost minimal, but other than uh, cleaning the panels and just checking cutting grass that potentially can grow so to avoid uh, fire hazard or things like that. Um, they are also easy to construct. There is a number of uh, entities nowadays, companies that will develop this. There is um, also a big number of companies that have capabilities of constructing that as well. Um, connection is fairly easy. That's, that's general for any PMGD. Um, Resource study, when you, when you are developing this solar vis-a-vis -vis any other technology, is quite easy to predict. You have uh, databases that are available that have the resource very well measured when you actually compare the, the actual results vis-a-vis -vis the, the esti estimations, you will see that our actuals are even higher than the estimates and they, they are very accurate as well. That's one thing that, that solar has um, in particularly good vis-a-vis -vis the other um, type of PMGDs, right? Then there is another thing and it, it, is, it is soft. The, the thing is that not all the plots uh, in Central Valley in Chile are being used for agricultural purposes. Um, so there is an alternative now for the owners to, to develop something in, in the plots. Um, when the solar uh, power panels, you need approximately two hectares uh, per megawatt installed. So you, you can, if you have a medium sized plot, you, you can install that, no needing to go into the agricultural business, which is volatile per se. Um, every day you see more uh, scarcity of water resources. So this is a, a great alternative to, to do something with the, with the land you own. And you, you see, um, you now see when you go in the highways, 
that the, there are more and more of these PMBD, solar PMBDs being installed in, in, in lots of land that were not good enough for agricultural purposes. Um, there are other benefits as well for, for, for any PMDD, in particular for solar as well, um, is that they, you don't need to, to make huge investments in transmission, as I said before, you diminish also uh, electrical losses, so you can sell better injecting directly to the distribution. Um, this is a benefit um, of the scheme altogether. So you have less losses, you, you don't need to reinforce and make more robust transmission lines when you start injecting directly in the, in the distribution uh, lines. Um, and, and thus you also avoid um, more in investments in substations, for example. Um, it also enhances the reliability of distribution company services. Um, you avoid uh, blackouts, for example, when you start distributing where you inject in the distribution uh, networks. And uh, obviously, with all this uh, boom of solar, now you can see that the prices have gone very low uh, compared to historical numbers more so during the day and uh, well the other benefit obviously benefit is uh, is uh, you cut co2 emissions another uh, another type of emissions as well yes of course thank you and i think that it's certainly encouraging to see just the extent to which pmgd has kind of accelerated uh, distributed solar generation in chile um over the last uh, well i suppose decade and a half or so i want to ask because i know that the pmgd program is changing slightly in terms of the way it's kind of set up uh, and how it offers revenue support or a stabilized price uh, for projects. Um, what sort of changes have been made to the PMGD program recently? Um, the, the main change was enacted in October 2020. And it, it basically, basically uh, kept the same methodology for calculating the, the stabilized price. Uh, as as uh, formulas, the changes included three, four main changes. One is that it divided the day as opposed to be one block of 24 hours. It divided that in um, six blocks of four hours, starting from uh, midnight to 4 a.m., 4 a.m. to 8, 8 to, to noon, noon to 4, 4 to 8, 8 to midnight. And uh, now it calculates the, the stabilized price for each of those blocks. The, the point was that there was a, depending on how was the relative price of marginal price vis-a-vis -vis the, the stabilized price, there could be a side effect to the companies that are contracted and need to buy, need to buy at spot and inject in the, in the distribution companies and, we, and they need to pay, they, it created a cross-subsidy between the contracted companies and the PMGDs that have stabilized price. Subsidy, I will say rather a, a, an offset in, in pricing because it can be positive or negative. It will depend on, on as I said, 
where is the marginal price vis-a-vis -vis the stabilized price regime. And that was creating uncomfort uh, among, among the players. So what this change in, with the DS88 tried to correct was to narrow down that all these solar uh, PMGDs were entering into these blocks that have um, daylight uh, production, basically, and is reflecting, reflecting more accurate the, the stabilized price vis-a-vis -vis the marginal price. So there is less of a gap. That, that's one thing. Didn't correctly correct it entirely, but it, it's an improvement. The other thing that the, the change tried to do is to avoid uh, the spirit of, of, of the PMGD scheme altogether. You, you could see that there were developers subdividing a big project into several no no larger than nine megawatts, and and they were all these PMGD all one beside the other. You can see four or five all connected in the same point. So what now the 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 DS88 said? Okay, if you are inside 250 meters from a given PMGD, you you could potentially be considered to be the same project, and you will be refuse to get the, the stabilized price. That's, that's um, a call that the regulator can do. So uh, that has other consideration, like the same sponsor, for example, this, a piece of land that was artificially subdivided in a period of time prior to in, uh, start construction. Everything is taken into consideration just to assess whether the PMGD, the, the, the project you are building it is a true PMDD less than nine megawatt and not something artificial. That's one thing. Also, they change the duration and um, try to simplify it and streamline the process of the ICC, the obtaining the, the interconnection um, agreement. And then it uh, laid out in a more clear and, and, and bullet pointed manner um, the responsibilities of the developers of this sort of uh, PMGD uh, projects. So now it's more, quite more clear. There were some loopholes or some things that were not quite clear before. Now the, that's all being clarified. Well, not all, most. Right, of course. I, I just wanted to ask, I suppose, in relation to the, the, the new changes that had sort of come into effect, uh, does this create uh, different risks for developers and or lenders uh, just sort of wondering if it changes the risk profile of kind of PMGD pro projects at all for you I quite understand if it doesn't but we're just always interested to see if it has kind of shifted the, the risk profile at all oh that's debatable um, you can argue for both uh, ways when um, I, I personally think that that um, somehow clarifies and levels the field. That's one thing, generally speaking. Then, um, obviously, one of the effects of having blocks or, or having, especially for, for, for solar PMGDs, now you have a lower price. And, and that could be substantial lower price vis-a-vis uh, -vis the 24-hour the, the block as, as it is of now, as of now. And um, so the effect with having lower price is that your 
cash flow is going to be lower. So hence, on a project finance basis, you, the amount of debt that you can raise against that cash flow is also lower. So one thing is, is that now the sponsor will have to contribute more equity. That's one big uh, takeaway from this. In terms of risks per se, maybe, and this is a transient risk, is that this new scheme is just starting the, the, the DS88 and, and companies adhering to, to now the DS88. Because when they changed the law, they, 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 they transitioned from DS244 to the 88, they granted a 14-year a period where companies already being constructed, being under operation, being declared uh, under construction or having, having uh, secured the ICC, they can opt to remain in the old scheme, the grandfather uh, scheme, as they call it, um, until, until mid-year in 2034. So now on, that, that, that period uh, had it dropped it, uh, drop the date, which was May. So now on any new development will enter into the DS88. Fin financing those has just pure DS88 has not been, uh, I think, proven as of, as of now. Indirectly, it, it has been um, financed indirectly because when you have, let's say, a 15, 18, 20-year underlying tenor financing, you have until up to 2034, where you know the prices are the old scheme, the grandfather scheme. But then on, if you give credit, you, you have to give, give credit to the cash flow based on the DS88. So it has been financed already, just not purely DS88. That's kind of the increased risk, not know how it will operate, whether a market consultants projection will be accurate or not. But I think that will 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 be tested fairly soon. Uh, I have no doubt on that. Yes, of course, and I think we we saw or certainly have seen over the last few months quite a few uh, financings sort of reach financial close, I suppose, to take advantage of the, you know, the deadline to sort of benefit from the grandfathering period. I've certainly been aware exactly. of that. Yeah, certainly exactly. been aware of a couple of transactions over that time. Um, Rainer, you, you started to answer this a, a little bit, but with my final question, um, I was going to ask if the structure of project financings for PMGD projects will have to be adjusted at all in light of the new PMGD regulation, you know, the DS88. I mean, you did mention that you thought that uh, gearing would potentially go down a little bit, you know, because the effect on debt to equity ratios. Is, is that the primary change, you think, or are there any other structural changes that you see potentially coming into effect? I, I think that that's, that's the main point i think um in in bci we have been when when giving credit to the dsc and ds88 revenues um, we are using as of now higher debt service coverage ratio to to discount those uh, cash flows um not that higher than the 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 grandfather periods revenue 
I think lenders will will start to get comfortable with projections with um, the underlying methodology being the same. The, the, it applies the same thing. Um, now that the, obviously having more and more and more solar projects coming in into that same daylight time, obviously will have a will imply more pressure to the price going lower. So potentially that could be something that that will maintain the DSCR um, on a higher on a higher uh, standpoint. Thank you, Reiner. I'm very sorry to say that that's all we have time for today. And uh, but thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I mean, I think this has really been a kind of masterclass in the PMGD. Uh, <laughs> no, don't worry. Thank but, you for inviting me. <laughs> yes, it's been really great to have you on. Uh, just before I sign off for the podcast today, uh, I'd just like to remind listeners of Proximo's upcoming webinar on the future of PPPs, which I will be hosting on 29 July. Uh, details will be posted on our website in due course. I might be biased, but I would strongly urge you to sign up as it promises to be a very lively and interesting discussion. Do tune in again next week for more of your latest project finance, energy and infrastructure news and analysis from Proximo. Proximo.